Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your life is stuck in a rut, this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to join me as we have a conversation about the continued impact of the coronavirus pandemic and some of the things that he's been doing at his church to get past the needs for social distancing, reducing the number of people gathered, and how they are just pushing forward with their mission and their purpose, and how you can take some lessons from that to make sure that you are pushing forward. And you probably have learned some lessons, whether it's from work, whether it's handling kids who have to stay home from school and so on. And we're just going to be a part of that conversation. So sit back and relax. Chances are you're not driving anywhere right now. So you're probably even safer than you usually are. As Brandon and I have this discussion about some of the adjustments his church has made and some of the adjustments he's seen other people make in response to coronavirus. So here we go. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm awesome. Fantastic. (laughs) i will remain awesome even under quarantine there we go now here's a neat little side note um some folks who've been listening to our show fanatically or regularly at least uh, know that i moved to dallas uh, back in november of 2019 uh well i'm actually home after um in corpus christi after about four weeks of not being able to come back because there's just been a lot of work to do a lot of uh, education to get up and running for the staff at the hospital where I work uh, in the health system where I work. And so now I finally get to come home to Corpus Christi. It's a recording day for us. And it's you know, a time when social distancing has been mandated in Corpus Christi, Texas. So it's like, I'm here, but we're not like in the same room like we had been in the past. And so it's kind of funny. It's like, we're, we're virtually recording anyway. I know. We're like, what, maybe five, 10 miles away from yeah, each other. I think about five miles. Yeah. And we're still on the uh, computer. Yes, we are. <laughs> That's so, funny. Yeah, I know. It just kind of cracked me up. It's like I, I drove all the way down here so I could record virtually with you. <laughs> Let's do 500 miles uh, to get within the last 10 and then call me up on the computer. There we go. It's like running a race and saying that at one mile out, I think I'm done. And I will say we're we're not in any way supportive of this uh, whole social distancing, not touching your face, washing your hands kind of thing. We prefer not to do any of that stuff, but we are trying to keep the people we love safe. So we need to do it. Uh, I love the uh, there. There's a, and I'm a huge constitutional person. I I am upset about a lot of the rights that we're kind of voluntarily giving away, and I'm arguing about that. Uh, quietly with some people that kind of actually understand the constitution because I'm not trying to revolt against all of this stuff, but I do like to express my opinion. But I think the most important thing during this whole thing, and and this has been my focus. So therefore I think it's the most important thing is what, how does, <laughs> how do your actions affect others as, as a, as a Christian and, and definitely as a pastor, one of the most important things I think as a, uh, as a Christ follower, we need to look at is how do my actions affect other people? 
And I always tell people, can you drink? Sure. Can you watch some movies that are maybe not all that great? Yes. You, you can do anything you want to under the understanding of how does that affect other people. So if your actions cause somebody else to stumble or causes them harm, then you probably shouldn't do it. So during this whole thing, and this is what's keeping me sane is, although I don't want to do any of it, I have to keep the people I love safe and the people around me safe that maybe I don't love, but they're just around me. Yeah, I see <laughs> what you're saying. Um, so I'll let our audience know that, uh, you know, first, all the hate mail you want to send uh, <laughs> goes to gbrandonc at gmail.com. Yay. Uh, <laughs> yay. We'll leave the uh, info at beyondtherut.com for those who want to ask questions and, you know, that kind of thing. But if it's hate mail, gbrandonc at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, there we go. There, we got that covered. Uh, and, you know, on the flip side, I mean, uh, you know, there is a need for that social distancing. There is a need to uh, flatten the curve uh, because, you know, people still don't know or we're, we're slowly learning uh, compared to how long this thing's been around, how this spreads. Uh, a lot of misinformation out there, too, and, and people freaking out. So it, it can be a scary thing. Now, I know when it comes to pandemics, you do want to reduce contact between people. And, um, and so that's good. Because we really don't want to overtax the healthcare system, and I, I understand the the idea of flattening the curve, taking this pandemic, and rather than having it hit us hard, like it has Italy or Wuhan or a couple other countries around the world, and as it's starting to hit the U.S., um, spread that out over time. So it's it's almost like we're buying time for the healthcare industry to catch up, and so I do see that because I've been seeing it firsthand on the healthcare system side. Um, and seeing the preparations being made uh, in in Dallas, Texas, yeah, and you know, not to downplay coronavirus, I mean it it is pretty devastating. It is hitting the the elderly population hard. It is hitting those with in, uh, compromised immune systems really hard. It's is comparable to things like the flu. But uh, I think the thing that makes this different is we don't have antivirals to treat it. We you know are still learning so much about it. And so, you know, World Health Organization, the CDC, um, Centers for Disease Control here in the U.S., they are swapping information. They are sharing it. And, and that's good. We're making that forward progress. Doctors and scientists are sharing what they're learning as quickly as they can. One of the things we wanted to talk about today was just how this can change things, the, the innovation that comes from this. And you talking the other day and I said, you know, the, the really great thing about this whole uh issue and in, in the current situation in the United States. The thing I don't like is that our freedom to assembly, like you were saying, but uh, churches have had to drastically and overnight change how we do things, you know, and I pastor a church here in, in Flyer Bluff and Corpus Christi. And uh, we had been online for, for probably a couple of two or three years, but we had not been focused on it. It was more of an alternative. If you couldn't make it to church, you could could watch us online. Uh, we've had to really focus on it now and make sure that it was enjoyable to the masses. Every church has, uh, and and we talked about also that first Sunday that every church in America was essentially online. That could be we broke the internet, which was great because it proved that a lot of people really wanted to be in a church or assembled with other people that were worshiping and. Uh, and hearing God's word. And that was a great thing. We've, we've yeah. seen a lot of innovation. I remember, in um, 
I remember uh, John Atkinson posted on Facebook recently. Uh, he's a friend of ours. He's also, um, uh, is he currently yes. a pastor or? Okay. Yeah. So he, he is a pastor. I've known him for a long time. You've known him longer. And he had shared on Facebook that, uh, you know, for some churches, especially the smaller ones, uh, they've seen a big boom in the number of people attending their services online. Uh, and one case that he shared was somebody whose church would run maybe 150 people every weekend uh, when he was doing in-person services. So people had to get in their cars, drive over the kind of thing. Uh, and then he was concerned that, you know, he wasn't going to have the same kind of viewership uh, by going online. And it was because he didn't have the production quality. Uh, so it was really just him and a guy with a guitar doing the worship. They were distanced, you know, six feet apart. And then when it came to the sermon, it was just him sitting at a desk uh, preaching from the right. desk. And uh, so the two weekends that they have done in this format, uh, we're looking at an average attendance of a thousand people. Right online from start to finish. So he go, it, it, this is almost 10 times the size. I'd say nine times the size just by going from face-to-face meetings to online sessions. And, um, and that's just if you're looking at viewership of the sermon. I mean, there, there are other elements to coming together and worshiping together. However, we are seeing a big surge. Now, is your church seeing a surge like that? Or what are some of the changes that you've seen because you've got oh, online? Absolutely. We've seen just a, a, probably hundreds more people watching and, and being exposed to the message. And I think what was great about what Pastor John said was uh, we need all of that. You know, we need the big uh, polished production and we need the guy behind the desk because not everybody, just like every church, we not everybody worships the same. Not everybody likes the same type of environment, but it's that relationship. There, there are people that, care deeply about the pastor and they want to see the pastor. They want to hear the pastor. And so that has to be the uh, main focus. If you're, if you're focused in that way, then you're going to get the message across because people want that connection. And we've seen so many that they'd really never watched a church service online and, and they're tuning in because the beauty of it is there's, there's a people, a group of people that I call the de-churched and, and those are people that have been to church and they're like, I don't like it. I don't like the pastor or another uh, member or, you know, the color of the walls, whatever it was. And so they stopped going to church. The problem is then you become guilty and you're like, well, I don't want to go back to church now because everybody's going to ask me where I've been and all that with online church. You can just show up and nobody really knows that you're there, but you still get to experience it and you get to see, you know, life change and hear God's word and, you know, maybe make, excuse me, that reconnection to somebody. What, what's also to me really interesting about that is some churches are including a, a chat feature in their service so you can connect with other people, ask questions, or just speak up. I'm struggling with this, that, or the other, whatever it is. And the connections are make, are taking place. People are finding, oh, Jerry, you're at this church too online. Hey, where do you live now? And, you know, and maybe we can hang, maybe not hang out during this particular time, but we can at least talk on the phone or do a Zoom or something. And And a lot of that is being reconnected. I've seen a lot of that in our church because we have an older congregation, so they weren't used to 
getting online and, and communicating, especially we've been able to do Bible study via zoom and Facebook live and just leave that connection open. They can send email text. You know, we can talk face to face essentially on Facebook and zoom. And so it, it, in some ways has kind of improved some of the conversations around the country. And, and, and I'm like you, I'm, I'm on Twitter. There's a lot of pastors on Twitter. Most people don't know this because Twitter has become a bit of a uh, weird place to be sometimes information and all, but a majority of pastors are on Twitter and there's a huge kind of community of pastors that talk to each other because it's free and it's really easy to use. So pastors, we all kind of jumped on that bandwagon fairly quickly, but a lot of them are sharing information. Hey, I'm doing this and it works or, you know, I got a microphone. It doesn't seem to work right. Use this cable. We're helping each other more. And as much as I don't like where we're at with the whole stay at home thing, it forces innovation, which is really what our podcast is all about. Sometimes you get forced into getting beyond that rut. You know, you get fired or you lose a relationship or you get sick, a health thing or financial thing. And that's kind of where we're at there. There's, it's almost a combustion engine of innovation happening right now. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yeah, and, and you see these, like what you described is what's known as like a community of practice. So you have a group of people on the same profession uh, as pastors. They're, they're coming together through a medium like Twitter probably would not talk to each other in a normal situation, but because of what they are facing today and because they're bound to stay in their homes uh, out of obligation and duty to their community, they, they need to reach out for assistance. They need to ask questions and Twitter is kind of that medium there. I, I know Facebook is doing something similar uh, for folks, you know, so uh, we're seeing, this is a side note, this isn't church related, but um, I am a moderator in a backpacking and hiking group for Texas, uh, not the state of Texas. It's not like a government it's program. It's, uh, it's, it's a group called backpacking and hiking in Texas. And uh, I'm a part of a small group of about 13 moderators and admins. And, you know, it, it's got about 14,000 people in the group, uh, but it's usually the same 20, 30 people, you know, conversing. But now because of, you know, the lockdown, like people have just come out of the woodwork and, um, some of it is good and some of it is very negative. And so uh, the 13 of us have been very busy locking down accounts or kicking people out of the group for being <laughs> rude. Um, but then those who are remaining, this is a cool thing. So yeah, we got people kind of getting bored and just becoming trolls and acting like uh, not even teenagers because teenagers act way better than the people who've been acting out in this, these, this group. 
But the point I'm making is the ones who are staying are seeing that one, we're still upholding civility. And two, now that we've created this place where civility is expected, uh, people are sharing notes with each other. So, you know, where can you go hike and still maintain social distancing? You know, what is the story behind Big Bend National Park closing down? You know, it's such a big space. Why would we shut it down? And, you know, explaining to folks that it's not the park itself that needed to, you know, be contained and, and cut off. It was the fact that, you know, there are certain choke points where you have people congregating and for the safety of the Rangers, it had to be closed down. And because, uh, we're on skeleton crews for healthcare in that region. We couldn't uh, put people at risk. So if you got stranded out there in the middle of nowhere, uh, it, it's going to be a minute before some park rangers get to you because they're diverted towards other right. areas. So, uh, so yeah, you see some more sharing of knowledge and information in that respect. Um, I know of one group of people that they're connecting a lot more now that they're remote than when they were together in the same cubicle area. And they were a pretty close group to begin with. Um, So one thing that they do is uh, they use Zoom and they run the Zoom meeting all day. And one of them actually runs like music, Hmm. playing a playlist that all of them agreed on. So they (laughs) they all submitted like artists and songs and um, like their directors, like the DJ. So he's like putting their songs and requests in. And then all throughout the day, they might have requests like, hey, play this song, play that song. And and uh, he'll pull it up and put it into the playlist. And then they get excited when they hear their song selections being played. And like, that is awesome. And of course, you know, very engaging. And you'd expect that from the team that is responsible for coaching the rest of the organization on employee engagement. So, uh, but really, really neat cool. idea. I've, I've seen a lot of that sharing of playlist and stuff. And, you know, to me, that that's what this is all about is I've seen way more families out on the street in the neighborhood and, you know, just getting out of their house for a period of time to get some sunlight and kind of fresh air and stuff. They're away from all the other mm-hmm. kids, you know, they're, they're groups of families, which it's fun to see a bunch of kids in the neighborhood playing, but now it's changed to a, a group of a family, you know, different families are together instead of just the kids all playing on one end and the parents are either in the house or on the phone or staring at their uh, uh, drink and their phone while they sit in their front yard or something. It's like the whole family's riding bikes or walking or, you know, taking the dog and, and waving at each other. It's almost like we've become a yeah. little bit more aware that we need each other, even though we can't you know, be with each other necessarily. The drive-by birthday parties are just, to me, that's a brilliant idea. We went to one last night, a, a couple in our church, their son, uh, it was his birthday. And so she put this whole thing together and we all just kind of drove by and honked and stayed in our car and, you know, and all of that. And I was telling Renee, I said, this is the best birthday party I've ever been to. It lasted like five minutes and I didn't even have to get out of my car. This was great. <laughs> But that kind of innovation and community is important. I think coming out of this, we're all going to realize how much we really need each other, but how much we grew closer to our own family. And I also know there's people out there that are like, okay, I'm tired of my family. I want out of my house and all of this kind of stuff. But uh, instead of just being either angry or frustrated with your family, find a way to communicate. You know, your chances are your kids are around you more because they can't go anywhere. I know I have an 18 year old daughter that is 
not with her friends and not going to the beach and doing the things she normally does. So we've had a lot more conversations just because you can only be on the phone so long before you get bored with that and you have to talk to your parents. <laughs> yeah, I think Liv is enjoying this time. Uh, we actually have Jacob home from college yep. So uh, because the rest of his classes are going to be done online and the school offered up. If you want to move out of the dorm, uh, we'll go ahead and refund you the prorated amount of the housing cost. So yeah, mom and dad were like, dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so anyway, yeah, mom and dad were like, hey, son, you're coming home. There you and go. They packed up last week. He's been living at home, uh, going to class online. And uh, it's really funny. Like he's reconnecting with friends of his from high school, even uh, all through like online gaming. And uh, Liv was making, this is a side note, but it seems like all the boys that she knows have reverted back to when they were kids. So yeah. I've been playing like civilization, uh, six at home, uh, in Dallas and Jacob's been playing like pirates of the Caribbean and some other games. And, uh, uh, let's see, Emma's friend, he's been playing Roblox, which, you know, they all played her generation played when they were like eight years old that's like now they're all 16 and 17. So uh, it's just really funny, like seeing people dust off the old gaming consoles and, you know, downloading games and, and uh, you know, filling up the time in that sense. Um, going back to, I guess, innovation, creativity, this is a small thing that my own team has done uh, because we have slowly been getting towards a work from home. So like I was able to get one person to work from home five days a week Um and then the other two, two days a week, they're able to work from home. And then we've got some alternating schedules so that we did reduce their exposure to each other. Um, and then, of course, our team, we, we are very secure. Like, we're surrounded by a nurse education team. And before anybody shows up, a couple of them, plus a couple of folks from my department, they've wiped everything down with medical grade. And it's a perk of working in a health system. They've wiped every common touch area with medical grade sani wipes. Huh. Um, our hand sanitizers are fully stocked. And plus to get to our work area, you got to get through two checkpoints that are badge access only. So the people come in through, and plus we all have to go through like a, a quick temperature health screen. Uh, it's very quick, very light, but designed to notice like, Hey, that guy looks like he's sweaty. He, he coughed on the way in and his temperature was like 99 degrees. Um, I don't think he should be here today, <laughs> like, <laughs> but everybody else, they come in, it's just a quick temperature check and off you go. Um, so we got to go through all these like checkpoints to get to the office. And then when you're in the office, you're in your office. Uh, so I'm just pointing all that out to say, you know, it, it's a safe work environment, even though we are in a hospital and there is some high risk there. Uh, there's some barriers that keep the majority of people out of our workspace. Um, but because we are dispersed even more now, the need to communicate went up. And it was one thing I needed to do to reassure my leader that we're going to be connected just as much being virtual as we were being in person. And so we, we started doing a daily 30-minute huddle. And you know, I, I don't like meeting for the sense, sake of meeting, but you know, this is one of those, let's swap notes, see what we've got on each other's plates, see what the priorities of work are for the day. And then let's disperse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And one of the things I took from the military that I was like, you know what? Maybe that morning formation was not a dumb idea after all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it's like, I because I remember in the military, I used to be all mad. Like, why are we doing formation? We're grown adults. So I really need to take a roll call on a bunch of grown men and tell my boss that all the grown men are here. Um, and then you hear my boss tell my boss or, you know, 
what the priorities of work are for the day. And it's like, you know, when that formation is done, like everybody had clarity of who was doing what and why and when it was to be done. And so we were doing those huddles with my team for the past week and we're productive as, as can be. And I think one of the concerns the organization had was that work from home means you're on vacation. You're, you're just going to watch TV. You're going to play with your kids. If you got pets, you're going to play with the pets. Uh, you're going to go to like, right. you know, six flags over Texas. So, you know, like, it's going to be like party city, but everything's shut down. There is nowhere to go. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you want to like, go to a restaurant, run down the road, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's not like you can spend all day just getting takeout food. I mean, I guess you could, but you can yeah. be broke by the end of the day. So, um, yeah, my team has done a great job of communicating in the morning, getting stuff done, talking with each other all throughout the day. And the next morning we come back together and we do a rundown of what we accomplished. And, um, we've been rocking and rolling. Like you, you wouldn't know that we are not in the physical space anymore. I think that, that to me is what's so interesting about this. It's like, this is what I have to do. Okay. How do I find a better way to do it? And even like you were saying, some meetings are stupid and formation certainly seems stupid at the time, but then you see the value. It's like, okay, how can we capture that, but in a different way? And, and that's what this whole podcast is about. It's not just listening to us ramble on about things that it's, we want to tell the stories of people who have truly innovated some other way of doing something, not because it was given to them or shown to them or just forced on them. It's like they had to come up with a new way of doing what they wanted to do. You know, I really want to do A, B, and C, but here's the parameters. I can either blame the government, blame the, the virus, or blame my employer, or I can figure out a way to do it that is productive and and I have a passion for and is profitable and good within where I'm at too often. We just think, well, if this was different or if that was different, if I was born this way or there or whatever, take what you have, you know, you, you are who you are. You're under whatever financial and physical and geographical can do it there. How do you figure that out? rather than wish you were somebody else or wish circumstances had changed. So, you know, we wanted to do this episode to just give you a little encouragement during this uh, time at home or, or maybe a time whenever you're not having as much contact as you want to have with other people, but spend that time doing the planning and, and the, the kind of soul searching that you've not had time before and figure out a better way to do things. Also, a lot of us have said, well, if I had time, I would read this book or I would watch that video or, or listen to that podcast. Now's the time. Plug that into your head. Netflix is great. There's nothing wrong with watching you know, dumb movies and just kind of vegging out. But try to spend a majority of your time, unstructured time that we have right now, learning and expanding your own personal kind of brand and value because a lot of us say, well, you know, my boss doesn't let me off in time to attend this or do this. Now, a lot of us are just at home and and you dictate your schedule. If you're sleeping till noon, working maybe an hour <laughs> and then watching Netflix and then going back to bed, then you're probably not going to come out of this too productive physically and mentally. But if you're getting up early, getting some exercise in and and focusing on your passion side. You know, I'm going to dedicate an hour, two hours a day to just working on that restaurant idea or that business idea. Then you're going to be productive when this all 
kind of pans out and, and is over. And you're going to be able to say, this is why for, you know, a month or six weeks or however long this lasts, I spent two hours a day or 30 minutes a day, whatever it is, focused on it, reaching out to people. Because the other good thing is like, well, I've always wanted to, you know, have time with Jerry and ask him a question. So guess what? Most of these people are at home. So you can reach out to them and say, Hey, Jerry, you got time for a, a, a podcast or a zoom call at, you know, 10 o'clock or whatever. A lot of people are available right now. Yeah. So you could work some of that in. I, I was actually just having a conversation via, uh, email or messaging, I guess, on LinkedIn with uh, Jeff Goins. I forgot to tell you about this. He uh, sent me a friend request and I replied because, you know, I try to always be serious. I said, hey, I think your assistant messed up and sent me a friend request or something. And I got a <laughs> kick out of that because he was like, no, it was actually me. I was, you know, looking through LinkedIn and and realizing there are certain people I'm not connected to that I've had some interaction with and I wanted to do that. And I was like, nice, awesome. <laughs> it's like, this is super cool. And, yeah. you know, so a lot of not just regular people like me and Jerry, but some people that maybe you've looked up to, I've always wanted to reach out to so-and-so do it, hit them up on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is and see what they will do for you or ask you to do for them. And yeah. next thing you know, you got a connection. Yeah, that reminds me. Um, shout out to Joel Boggess from Relaunch Podcast. Um, I'd followed his show since we got into podcasting ourselves. And about three weeks ago, when he saw that I was working um, over the week, you know, and almost through the weekend, getting stuff up and running for coronavirus and the response to it, he reached out to me to see how I was doing and reminded me that he lived in the Texas area and uh, we should, you know, you know, chat sometime. And of course, we couldn't meet up because of the whole like shelter in place thing. But uh, he had done just that. He reached out to somebody that he had connected with years ago and uh, has stayed in touch with. So, um, yeah, wow. it's exactly the thing to do. Now, I know there are some people, and we're running out of time, but um, there are some people who have been furloughed or um, have been laid off even. And so this is a time that's probably very scary for them financially because they're probably healthy, and that's good. And they're probably well stocked on goods because there was the, you know, just the big scare to, to rush in and prepare. <laughs> Um, Please don't do that. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) well, now a lot of things have put uh, rationing in place. So you'll see things that are rationed. Um, But I've noticed or I've heard and through people I know that there are those who have been laid off. And so they've got the scary prospect of what do I do when the food runs out? What do I do when, um, you know, these programs lift and I'm not getting the relief I need for my mortgage, my rent and so on. And I have no work because I've been laid off. Um, any advice to them? Because that's something we've been blessed to not have to struggle with. I mean, you're you're in the dream job right now of being a pastor. I'm in a very blessed season right now where there's a lot of demand for the work I do. Uh, whereas, you know, a lot of times education departments are the first to get cut. And here we've been leveraged a lot to get information out to our staff. But there are those out there not as fortunate. And if there are any encouragement you can give them, um, Brandon. <laughs> oh, me. Okay. Uh, I absolutely, my, my thought on that would be start to build something now that you control, you know, you control your income, you control your time, your work schedule, what kind of work you do. Maybe you're in the medical field and you want to be in the education field or you're in the, you know, the oil fields and you want to be in 
the medical field. Start to figure that out now while you've got the time. So when you do get past this, you get to control your own income. But more importantly, especially now, short term, if you are struggling financially, contact the people that you need to pay. You know, your creditors, your landlord, the bank, most all of them have some really good policies and processes in place to help you. But you will never solve any of those problems by staying quiet and not making the phone call. So if somebody's telling you, oh, don't call the bank, they'll tell you no. It's like, call them, talk to them, you know, and and reach out because all of us deal with things better if somebody lets us deal with it on their own schedule. If we have to find you or we have to track you down, that's going to lessen the chances of us working with you. So speak up, ask for help, tell them what everybody knows what's going on in the world. You know, there's, it's not like this is a thing that just happened in South Texas, like a hurricane or something like that. Everybody on the planet knows what's going on. So speak up and ask for help. And, and try to do everything you can to not only take responsibility for that, but at the same time, build something in that you're not at the mercy of a company or one stream of income. We talk a lot about multiple streams of income can help you when things like this happen. Awesome. Thank you. And, uh, and we know you're going through a tough time and, uh, you know, it's, I wish we had all the answers for you. We can just like snap our fingers and you know, there's employment there for you instantly. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately there, there are going to be those times where you're just going to have to like take pause, reflect on the skills and talents you have now and how can they be applied right now to get you through this short season? Um, you know, whether this thing goes on through May, June, uh, we're in it for at least the next few months. So what is it you could do to shore up those resources? I know that, you know, there are, probably some online services you, could, you, services you can provide. Maybe there's some online consulting you can offer up. Maybe it's a delivery, uh, which I'm sure doesn't pay a whole lot. But uh, if you just need to get moving, get out there, stay busy, but stay safe, then you know those are some options there as well. Um, all right. Any final words, Brandon, before we go? Well, like you said, if you're, if you're going to become a delivery driver that tells the rest of us tip your drivers you know tip the people that are helping when you go to the grocery store thank the people that are putting stuff on the shelves when you see somebody in scrubs or whatever tell them thank you and this is a great time to really appreciate the people around you and then most importantly and i'm trying to include this in every conversation i have call your parents they need to hear from you if you're not on lockdown with your parents and you're grown like me, call your parents more often because they want to hear from me. Exactly. All right. Well, if you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 216. There you'll find links to other encouraging episodes of Beyond the Rut, as well as links to uh, the Centers for Disease Control COVID-19 website, uh, the World Health Organization, and uh, any other resources we think will be very helpful during this time. And uh, we're so glad you joined us this week. And, you know, the, the best way you can compliment us and support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. But chances are, with social distancing, you can't just walk over to your neighbor and say, hey, you ought to check out Beyond the Rut. Because then you might get within six feet, freak out your neighbor, who probably doesn't know you that well, and then that makes things worse. So uh, maybe you leave them a note on their door or, um, you know, just shout across the street, hey, neighbor. 
check out Beyond the Rut podcast. They're on Apple Podcasts. They're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it. Uh, BeyondTheRut.com. Uh, do something dumb like that. We would be so thankful if you did. Um, well, that's all we got this week. Uh, be, and until next week, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. How random was that closing? <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? Kind of went, well. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show. That's C-A-P. SHO and start your 14 day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.